This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd. This is episode 367. My name is Dan Ellis and I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Taylor Grin. Hey, I can see. And Mr. Ryan Duffy. I have survived. Yeah, and you just reminded me, Taylor. I fuck. I feel bad. We've been, I've been just bitching to you guys for thirty-five <laughs> minutes before we started recording about how fucking busy I am, and I and, neglected. And Taylor to was ask blind you. last week. Yeah, and I <laughs> neglected to ask you how your eye is doing. I'm so sorry, man. How how are you? What's what's new? How's the eye? Uh, like new. Um, the nice thing about you know wet tissue is that it heals really quickly. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I woke up with an abrasion Saturday morning and, uh, it hurt like shit. And I spent a lot of the afternoon, like literally blindfolded. Like I just took one of my, um, kefias from the middle East and just wrapped it around my head and walked around like it was bird box. Um, <laughs> and I, I forgot that like the second day is always the worst. So uh-huh. I felt pretty okay by like the evening of Saturday mm. and started just like, you know, reading a little bit, like hanging out. Like we had a movie playing and I wouldn't like watch the movie, but I would like keep my eyes closed and look every once in a while for, you know, 30 seconds at an action scene and then close my eyes again. And, uh, you know, put, put my funky shit in my eyes, went to sleep, woke up the next day. And I was like, Oh yeah, the second day is the worst. And I spent literally all day, in bed, just like pure pain the entire day. Um, had, had Sandra, um, text my boss on our messaging app. And I was like, nah, I got to take a sick day Monday. Um, and by like late afternoon Monday, I was able to like get up and move around and do shit. Um, but I was in no position to be like looking at a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that time period is when we otherwise would have gone to dinner uh, with my younger brother, Hunter. Um, and uh, we ended up rain checking him to Tuesday. And I was like driving to said dinner when you texted me and was like, hey, we delayed our episode by a day. Can you join? And I was like, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was my bad. Like, I just. I, oh no, you're good. Yeah, I should have communicated that earlier, but I've just there's so much, so much busyness. Yeah. Um, but I actually listened to the episode for once. Uh, it was good, so that oh, was good. fun. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad yeah. your eye is is feeling better. Did you? I know that you ordered the the same stuff I use. Have you tried that out yet? I haven't. It showed up in the uh, the mail today, so oh. I will probably try that like this weekend in case it doesn't work effectively and I have a mild <laughs> abrasion. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want that to happen like prior to a work day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, 
the the short version, dear listener, is that the um, the stuff that I put in my eye every night is part petroleum jelly, um, part lanolin oil, and part mineral oil, and the the sanitized version of that is that I have had some we'll call them digestive issues for the last few years, and it occurred to me over this last weekend that perhaps the fact that all three of those ingredients of the stuff that I put in my eyes every night are um, emetics. And the fact that I um, they're not, is, is, is emetic the right word? Like functionally laxatives, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, what, then, it's what drug smugglers use to get it out of their butt. Yeah. And then the fact that that drains through my sinuses in my sleep, you know, as it, as it kind of liquefies, that's where it's going to drain. Mm-hmm. And then therefore down my... You know, esophagus. digestive esophagus tracts, right, into the stomach. That may yeah. have been the cause of some some issues I've been having. So uh I'm I'm really looking forward to this because the one that you use, Dan, is what is it like hydrocellulose or some shit like that? What's it called? Hypromellose, I think is I don't know how you say yeah. it. I've only ever read it. But it's but yeah. it's not <laughs> petroleum based at all. It doesn't have any of those oils or anything like that. So I'm really hoping that uh, I kill two birds with one stone on that. Yeah. I hope so. it works out for you, man. I I tried the the stuff that you use, uh, I tried it a mm-hmm. few different times and it's like the, we could like oil and water, right? I just couldn't get it to stay in my eye. And mm-hmm. so I was just using eye drops. And then I found this other stuff that was, yeah. um, that my mom actually uses because she's got dry eye also and recommended it. And yeah, my mom yeah. is like the ultimate shopper. She'll try like one of everything until she finds something that she likes. Yep. And, <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny when I was younger, I would just, I would always keep a bottle of eye drops next to my bed. And as much as I could, I would remember when I woke up to not open my eyes and I would pour a few drops of that in like the corners of my eyes and then ever so slightly open them and just let the, the eye drop stuff work its way into my eyes until I could fully open them. Mm-hmm. And when I, cause this was before I was diagnosed with, with my abrasions and I didn't know that there were like the gel solutions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to basic training and like, Day one or two, I went up to my MTI uh, and knocked on his door and all the airmen reporting bullshit. And I was like, hey, like, I need to talk to you adult man to adult man. Like, I know that you make us like give up any medical stuff we have and go to med bay and all that shit. I was like, I get dry eyes in my sleep. These are eye drops. Like, just let me keep them in my pocket when I go to sleep. When I wake up, I'll put them in and I'll be good to go. But like, I don't want to go through all that bullshit. You don't need me to go through all that bullshit. I'm a 25 year old guy. I know <laughs> I what I'm doing. An extra I've done this my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> right. And luckily, like he was cool. <laughs> so, but yeah, like it's been a very long issue I've, I've dealt with. Yeah. Well, I hope those work out, man. Cause that, yeah, that I, I know that the, the corneal abrasions fucking suck. And yeah, I, it's awful. Like, is your eye the same where, like, since I had that really bad one, it just seems like it has never fully healed. Like, it's, I have a rough spot on my eye that when I close my eyes and I roll my eyes around, like, I can feel mm-hmm. that scratching the like back of my eye. on it. Yeah. I, my suspicion, and I'm not a doctor, is that you have some sort of scarification because, like, I think that your initial injury was, like, really, really severe. Um, I don't perceive anything like that. Like if I, like I'm closing my eyes and rolling them around right now and I don't feel any like perturbations. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like also judged on what you've said, like 
I've suffered a lot more of those. Um, so I'm almost wondering if like yours is just a later onset, like more severe initial onset. Whereas like I remember, um, and this is terrible. This will kill my future political campaign someday. Um, <laughs> you know, like being in high school and trying to drive to school some days and like blasting heavy metal and like bashing my hand against my steering wheel, screaming so I could keep my eyes open, like trying to oh. do everything I can to distract my like the rest of my body so I can keep my eyes open well enough to operate a vehicle to get to school because like I was in so much pain and I would just spend the first two, three periods of the day, like, um, uh, you know, Cyclops and the X-Men just in the back of the class with sunglasses on, like <laughs> trying to look at the, the, the whiteboard. So, uh, yeah. See, I played loud music and thrashed around in the car to annoy my sister. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad that your eye is feeling better anyway, that I like, I, I know from personal experience how much it fucking hurts and how shitty it is and that you just like, you don't feel like doing anything. And I'm sure there are people out there in the listening audience who are like, oh, because you got a scratch on your eye, it's not that big a deal. I was like, yeah, wait until you get one. <laughs> wait, until, oh, yeah, no. wait until you have a flap of your eye, stick to your eyelid and tear off. Mm-hmm. If if you don't take me seriously, here's what you do. You go, you get a friend, you have him take a piece of sandpaper, it'll hold you down and just <laughs> real quick, just anywhere on your eyeball. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah. See how much you got sandpaper around. <laughs> and when you wake up there, there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually do have a couple of other things. They're very short, but, but sure. bullshittery that's happened in my life the last week that, uh, that are unrelated to my eyes. <laughs> um, one of them is just a funny fucking experience. So I went to the coffee shop yesterday because I just had to get out of the, the house to study. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a, a industry examination I'm taking soon um, called the CYSA, which is like a, like a, it's, it's comparable to the certified ethical hacking exam. It's like a, like a cyber security industry type exam. Yeah. And I just had to get out of the house. So I went to a coffee shop and I'm settling in and there's these three people who are like, professors, teachers, aides, like that kind of thing at a local university. And they're all sitting and hanging out. And I hear one guy and he's like, yeah. And so then the next thing that you have to do is you put your hand through like a curtain and you start making <laughs> symbols. And that's supposed to represent <laughs> when you're going to heaven. I know what you guys are talking about. Happen. And I turned and I looked at him and I was like, you're an ex-Mormon. Me too. And he was like, ah, oh, there he is. <laughs> and like, we spent the next like five, 10 minutes. He was like telling his other two like teacher friends about different Mormon shit. And I would just every once in a while be like, he's not fucking lying. I don't care how absurd it sounds yeah. like that's absolutely a thing. Tell him about the aprons. <laughs> <sighs> that's it was just fun. so weird to see in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god you just you just reminded me like uh fuck i don't know it's probably four or five years ago now tracy <laughs> tracy and i are just driving down the road and we live here in utah which is you know predominantly mm -hmm. lds there's there are other people of uh, there are people of other religious faith traditions here but by and large you know you just kind of figure most yeah. people that you encounter are going to be lds and we're just tooling down the road and walking down the sidewalk. We see a priest like 
in his full regalia, like the, the, the robe and, and the collar and everything, holding a book, probably a Bible, I'm guessing, just walking down the sidewalk. And like, it caught both of us by surprise because you don't typically see that in Utah. And especially like there were no Catholic churches around. It was just like <laughs> this priest walking down the sidewalk somewhere. Yep. And she it wasn't Halloween. <laughs> we, yeah, Padre like, just making his way downtown. Like yeah. we, we both notice it and we're just kind of driving. And a couple of seconds later, Tracy turns to me and she's just like, wow. I've never seen one in the wild like that before. <laughs> it's just, oh. it's just, she's, she's very funny sometimes. And yeah, you, you just reminded me of it when you said in the wild. <laughs> yeah. And, and so the other thing that I've got is a tragic update. Um, for the first time in like five years, I'm over three on my Super Bowl game. Oh no. So, so every year I play a game where I change nothing about my behavior at all. Um, but I've got a possible three out of three points, which is, do I know which of the two teams are playing in the Super Bowl? And do I know the date of the Super Bowl before it happens? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and most years I can go a good two or three out of three where like just by nature of the friends I have, the media I consume, the places I go online, I don't know any of that Super Bowl shit until after the fact. Um, and I'm normally quite happy about that. And this year I got spoiled three out of three listening to the Daily Beans podcast. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you keeping track, I mentioned it last year. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I know what Super Bowl shit is going on, and it pains me <laughs> I mean, that that is the case. <laughs> I know the Super Bowl is played on the second Sunday in February every mm -hmm. time. I've no clue who's mm. in it. Yeah, this year. But I don't know what date the second February of the second Sunday I didn't Sunday even know that is. that was the rule. I thought it was one of those like Easter things where it's No, like second first. Sunday in February is when the Super Bowl is played. Well, I hate that I know that now. I'm going to have to like <laughs> get really drunk after this episode. <laughs> well, and it's, it's like always a permanent handicap now. <laughs> well, so so there are no the only game this weekend is the Pro Bowl game, which mm -hmm. is just basically an exhibition game of, you know, NFL superstars being divided into two different teams and doing their level best to not injure anybody <laughs> for <laughs> for the next season and then the Super Bowl, yeah, will be on the thirteenth. Um yeah. so that's fun. Tracy's birthday is the twelfth, the Super Bowl is the thirteenth, and then of course there's Valentine's Day on the fourteenth. Mm -hmm. So mm. Yeah. Well that's where I lost my first point is the social media filled up with a bunch of dudes complaining about how football day was the day before Valentine's Day. And I was like, Yeah, but if you're the kind of person that reserves time for football day I don't know how much attention you pay to Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, I don't pay attention to either. Yeah. I try not to, but, you know. Yeah, and I, like, I don't I don't really follow the NFL much anymore these days, but yeah. the the few bits of the, the, the playoff games that I was able to watch this year were actually pretty fucking exciting. They were, they were really good games, especially toward the end, right at the end, like, some some big upsets and very close games and exciting finishes and great plays and yeah it was it was kind of mm -hmm. exciting i just can't do the stop and go nature of the game like the fact that they'll stop for like a full 30 seconds to set everything up again mm -hmm. after having watched rugby and hockey it's like nah like balls and play go yeah, it's 
when I did have cable and I did, I did watch football, I would always DVR it. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't start watching until the fourth quarter started. Mm-hmm. And if the play ended, I could hit the button and it would bring me exactly to the next play. Yeah. Like oh, just that 30 cool. second jump in time each time I hit the button. So I'd watch the football. I'd watch the whole thing in fucking 30 minutes. Yeah. Crazy billionaire money. I'm making a alternative to football where the like running back is on a horse and everybody has like blunted swords and plate mail. Like I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> Still the same objective. Get to get the ball to the other end and stop the guy from getting the ball to the other end. But <laughs> everybody's got blunted weapons, plate mail, and the guy holding the ball has a horse. I Go. Mean, bring it to Russia. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Russia. I mean, they, they legit put guys in armor with real swords oh, yeah. and they hit each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with real weapons. Um, yeah. not, no, not that LARPing shit with fucking foam, yep. real metal swords while wearing real yep. metal armor and hitting the shit out of each other. Yeah. There's a couple of different HEMA leagues in, um, in Europe and, and Russia, man, that, that Ukraine shit's got me a little on edge though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed today that they're deploying more troops and not just any mm-hmm. troops, but like some pretty significant infantry divisions. Yep. Uh, foreign policy took a, a poll of international relations experts and something like 53% or so were like, yeah, we think something's going to go down. And only 27% said that they did not think that things were going to go down. So, Yeah. Well, well and yeah, Russia's I mean, playing semantics again by saying, well, you're the ones provoking yeah. us to do it. And it's like, well, no, you're the one that built up a whole mass of troops on a border of a country that NATO protects. So we're doing oh, yeah. what we're supposed to do in protecting that country. And as your show of aggression by putting troops on the border, we're going to show our force by putting troops in that country or near it. Yeah. Well, and one of the, what I mean, it was either one of the news oh, sorry, shows that I watch or one of the news podcasts that I listen to uh, made mention of uh, Russian troops receiving supplies of blood, like they're shipping blood out to, oh. out to the troops, mm-hmm. like, yeah. because they're, they're anticipating that, yeah, they're, well, they're going to start some shit. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, like you draw blood from somebody, it gets put into a bag, ready to be put into someone else. It has a very short shelf life. Like it's, it can't sit for months. It's more like you have to use yeah, that blood. That's something that you do for like, an immediate need. Yeah. yeah. Like that blood is being used within like a week or two. Well, and, and so, yeah, the, the reports that I've read are that they're shipping it to um, Belarus and, and like you heard it here, my call. And, and I've got to say that I've been out of military intelligence for more than a year now. I'm not receiving any sort of specialized information. Right. Um, my personal like suspicion is that if things go down, Russia's going to like probably cyber attack and then like do a whole bunch of artillery, do a whole bunch of air, move in troops as much as they can. And they'll probably sustain stuff through Belarus. Like I've seen a lot of reports about how that president's kind of beholden to Putin. And it would make sense for me that if Russia wanted to get involved, they would find a way to create enough plausible deniability that it's like a uh, to create what they call a proxy war 
that's being fought between Belarus and Ukraine, because then it's two European powers fighting against each other instead of Russia fighting a European power. Um, and so he'll, he'll have created less like us versus them for propaganda to rely on. I don't think it'll work, but I think that that's how it'll go down if it does. I can definitely see the cyber attacks coming oh, first yeah. just to just to disrupt what's going on. But I see you pulled mm-hmm. up the blood thing. they've done that to Ukraine several times. A communications disruption could... can mean only one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Star Wars Episode 1 all over again. I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Ryan? Oh, looks like we lost Ryan again. Oh. I'm back. I don't know what's going on. Like, I checked my internet speed. Yeah. And I restarted everything before we, we came down here. And I was like... For what kind of internet I have here, it's at a good speed. So I'm wondering if there's something wrong with Comcast because it doesn't know. Because <laughs> it, it doesn't know. Like <laughs> yeah. It's motherfucking Comcast just sucks. Uh-huh. And Sarah's done working right now. So she's not. I'm the only one using the internet in the house. And I'm getting like, what? And he's frozen. 150 meg download. Motherfucker. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about some fun stuff. Uh we'll do that on the other side of this little break. We'll try to we'll try to get some internet stuff sorted out. Kill those gremlins. <laughs> hey guys, this is Brandy Hamrick. I'm from Charleston, West Virginia. Contrary to popular belief, we don't all fuck our cousins and we didn't all vote for Trump. And you're listening to the Godless Revolution. We common sense folk need to stick together. We do. We're all walking on eggshells. And over what? Words? Exactly. Words. They're just words. We have to examine the intent behind them. It's like we can't say anything anymore. I mean, first we couldn't say yellow. Then we couldn't say oriental. Next you're going to tell me we can't say ching chong. Yeah, you could, you could never say that. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. All right. Uh, welcome back. Uh, glad to be back on the show. Last week was rough. Um, last week was not just rough for me. Uh, Spotify was having uh, a little bit of a snafu. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who live under a rock or don't follow classic rock um neil young and some woman left johnny mitchell thank you a couple of boomers took their music off of uh spotify this last week in protest of joe rogan who is a genuine shitbag um one of my favorite memes is a picture of joe rogan with uh ben shapiro and it says the space between these two is called the perennium uh that's a joke for the high seats there um so let's get into what happened (laughs) Um, let's get into what happened so in January uh, of this year an open letter was signed by 270 healthcare professionals who called on Spotify to develop a counter misinformation policy on the platform put a pin in that Um, an epidemiologist who signed the letter stated that she reviewed Joe Rogan as sorry that she viewed Joe Rogan as a quote menace to public health and that his ideas were quote fringe and quote not backed in science she's not wrong um, the healthcare professionals, uh, professionals especially took issue with an episode that featured Robert W. Malone, who is a quack, um, which were criticized for a comment that Rogan made where he stated that he believed that young, healthy people do not need a COVID-19 vaccine. It was later reported that the letter had gained an additional 
thousand signatures. So um, last week, Joe Rogan backpedaled his statements uh, where he suggested that young people who are healthy didn't need the vaccine. Um, the White House communications director, Kate Bedingfield, joked, did Joe Rogan become a medical doctor while we weren't looking? Um, <laughs> and then the White House chief medical advisor, Anthony Fauci, said about Joe Rogan, you're talking about yourself in a vacuum. Um, on an episode of Rogan's podcast on Thursday, he acknowledged the White House's response to his comments and said, quote, there's some legitimate science behind this. I must presume he was talking about vaccines. He said, I'm not an anti-vax person, he clarified. I said, I believe they're safe and I encourage many people to take them. My parents were vaccinated. Interestingly, he didn't say he was. Um, I just said that if you're a young, healthy person, you don't need it. Uh, the argument was, Rogan went on to say that you need it for other people, but that's a different argument. That's a different conversation. I'm going to editorialize a little bit here. I think that what he's trying to make the argument for to defend himself, to cover his ass, is that he was saying at the time, because the initial interview took place like April of last year, that he was like, oh, no, young people don't get vaccinated right now because people who are at a higher risk need to get vaccinated, which even back then was kind of a bullshit argument, like get vaxxed as soon as you fucking can, mm. right? Um, but to give him the like steel man best faith argument for what he was trying to say, I think that's what he was trying to say. The, um, that he was. I, I, I'll say that even if he said that then, mm -hmm. I'm watching a bunch of the stuff where he's talking about COVID with people who aren't quacks. Like, because mm -hmm. sometimes he has people on there who are like, yeah, not yeah. for his side. He mm -hmm. does yep. that. Yep. Um, Whenever I was, I was watching some of them, hoping in good faith that he would give them the same respect he gives the quacks, but he didn't. Mm -mm. No, he doesn't. He, he, no. he keeps going after them when they give good science. Like, well, what about this? I heard it, you know, I heard it's bad for these people. And he keeps pushing the narrative that like the vaccine is bad for you like, mm -hmm. or it's bad for younger people. Mm -hmm. Like there's one I just mm -hmm. listened to where he keeps going on about the whole myocard myocarditis. Carditis, yeah. And he mm -hmm, keeps pushing mm -hmm. that narrative saying, well, if you're young and you get the vaccine, you're more likely to have myocarditis when he's been mm -hmm. proven that it's not true. And he gets people on there saying, mm -hmm. well, no, you can get myocarditis at any age, but if you have COVID, right. you're more likely to fucking die or get that. And then if you yeah. didn't get vaccinated, mm -hmm. yep. and, and like, that. those are some concerns. I know that the Scandinavian countries have been looking into that because they've had like higher cases of that than other places. But like, again, the rates of getting that from the vaccine versus the rates of dying or getting permanent injury from COVID are, you know, so out of whack that like, yeah, yeah you take the fucking vaccine. I do want to conclude that at the end of his statement, he did say, quote, I'm not a doctor. I'm a fucking moron. Um, I'm not a respected source of information, even for me. But I at least try to be honest about what I'm saying, which is probably the closest to a true thing that he had said so far, um, <laughs> insofar as that he is not a doctor and he is a fucking moron. And um, I, I, I did listen to one where he was talking about the fact he's like, he goes like 99% of the time he's like, I'm drunk or high on this show or both. Yep. Or both. Yep. Mm -hmm. But, but people do listen to him even though they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So even though he says he's a fucking moron, even though he says I'm just fucking drunk and high and just spewing shit on my mouth. That might be true. Might not be true. I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. I'm not a doctor. 
People mm-hmm. take what he says when he has these quacks on as being like, yep, that confirms what I thought. Well, and his defense is, is always a problem. His defense is always, I'm just having conversations here. Like I'm just, I'm just talking to people. I'm just trying to, you know, learn different perspectives and, and hear other points of view. Yeah. Um, as, as far as some numbers information, Spotify offered him an exclusive contract in September of 2020, um, which meant that he moved from YouTube, which was his previous forum. Um, they offered him that exclusive contract of $100 million to be on their platform. Uh, it's worth noting that Spotify's stock rose 7% the next day, which is a pretty massive rally. Um, mm-hmm. As far as Joe Rogan, uh his listenership is 71% male and that is evenly split between high school and uh, people with only a high school education or people who have gotten a post-secondary graduate. Um, 57% of his audience reports earning over 50K a year and 19% of his audience make over 100K a year. His average audience member is 24 years old. Yeah. Um, so their frontal cortex and then hasn't fully developed yet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So their prefrontal <laughs> cortex hasn't fully developed. Correct. Yes. And like, <laughs> that's a big fucking deal. Like that's something I've talked about for a while now that like, I think that something like, like I think that weed should be legal, for example, but I also think that both weed and alcohol should be prohibited to people under the age of 24, not 21 because mm. of that continued prefrontal cortex development. Mm. Um, I so I want to get into, <laughs> I, I want to get into like kind of my, Initial take on this, if that's okay with you, Ryan. And then, well, yeah, because well, you said that you, when we're talking about this, no, earlier this week, that you you thought you might have a different take on this that might be counter to me and Dan. So I've and 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 I'm going to get right to the point, so we can spend more time discussing. Um, I have said multiple times on this platform and on others that deplatforming works, right? Like there's academic peer-reviewed data that shows that when you take people who spread misinformation, disinformation, hate speech, et cetera, off of platforms and make them harder to get to, that that reduces the spread of said disinformation, misinformation, hate speech, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's just harder for new people to get into that media and it wears out people who don't want to do the work to seek it out elsewhere. The more difficult you make it to find shitty speech, the less shitty speech spreads. Crazy, weird. (laughs) Um, I like, I am a, not just, I acknowledge that information. I have been a proponent of that information. Mm -hmm. Um, However, but uh, Joe Rogan was offered, he didn't reach out to Spotify. Spotify reached out to him for a $100 million contract. Um, Unlike, uh, you know, Gavin McInnes, unlike, uh, why can't I think of that Nazi who got punched? You know, unlike Mio Yiannopoulos, right? Yeah. Unlike Steve Bannon to a certain degree. Richard um, Spencer is who you were thinking of. It's Spencer. Thank yeah. you, Richard Spencer, right? Like like the far alt-right folks, like they couldn't find another platform once they got deplatformed, right? Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan can and would find another platform. Joe Rogan has enough money that he could spin up his own website and his own video hosting service mm-hmm. and people would go to it. Joe Rogan makes enough money that he could like set up an RSS feed and drive donations to his page and still live really fucking well. Oh, yeah. So in this particular case, I don't think that Joe Rogan in particular can be beaten by deplatforming. Because the Spotify platform for him, while obviously lucrative, was not 
necessary. It just allowed him to like propel himself forward. Um, and, and and so that leads me. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. Finish your thing. I thought you were you're yeah. wrapping up there, but finish. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've got like one more leap of of stuff, and then I'll be done with with my overall thoughts. So like, right now you can go and download Stephen Bannon's podcast on Apple. Right. Um, there are a lot of toxically masculine, uh, a lot of alt right podcasts that you can get on the same podcast places that you're listening to our show on right now. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and thinking about that and thinking about, um, and I got to take an aside to thank you here, Dan. I've been listening to the Ezra Klein show more and more. It's and so some good. of those interviews are kind of like, some of the interviews are what the fuck, but a lot of them are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had an, uh, a woman on his show like a year ago, um, and I'm brain farting her name. I unfortunately didn't take a note of it, but they were talking about the idea of looking at um, literature, whether it's reparative or uh, uh, paranoid, I think was the the way they contextualize it. And it was like kind of feminist thought the way they were looking at literature. Um, and they were talking about the book, um, The Giving Tree, and how if you look at The Giving Tree as like an adult, it's actually a really like toxic story. And it's, it's, it's very dark, it's very dark, mm-hmm. you know, more so than you would think reading it as yeah. a child. And, and they talked about different media that people consume that is darker than we originally thought or that the author was darker. You know, you've got like, like JK Rowling, right? Like JK Rowling is a piece of shit, but like Harry Potter legitimately taught people tolerance and anti-authoritarianism and like anti-bigotry. Um, and, and she had this quote that like, like, I don't want to get words tattooed on my body, but I would almost get this tattooed on my body because of how great it is. She said that that progressives are trying to find tools that don't have blood on them. And that's like, like I live in a food desert, right? I have three grocery shopping options. Um, Dylan's, which recently had a leak that they are severely underpaying their employees and the CEOs know it and they don't give a fuck. Mm. I've got Hy-Vee, which is like a local one and it's okay, but it lacks a lot of products. And I've got Walmart and I don't need to insult your intelligence on how bad Walmart is. <laughs> mm. Those are my yeah. options, right? Mm. I have one internet service provider in my town. Um, oh, we've I'm talked driving about a that. Ford car. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Ford was an anti-Semite, right? Yep. Like there is, there is no capitalist consumption that I can engage in that is ethically tolerable. None. There's, there's literally, you know, Apple sources its products to China where it's built by child laborers, right? Um, so does Microsoft, you know, unless I build my own computer, which still will probably be sourced by those sources. I can't use the internet without some sort of ethical impingement, right? Yeah. And so you're forced to Um, choose between the least bad option. Yes. Yeah. Um, And for me, like personally, Spotify is the least bad option of listening to podcasts and music and that kind of shit for my consumption of that kind of media. And, and like I, I personally, um, and not to the degree of like the anti-woke intellectual dark web, like bullshitters like Sam Harris, but I get really frustrated about left um, economic slacktivism. And like, it's apparent to me where folks were complaining, rightfully so, about the Dave Chappelle stand-up that happened on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And there were huge calls for boycotting Netflix and, and angrily canceling them. And I sat back and I took note at about four months later, I think it was, all of those same people were, were talking about Squid Game. 
which was a Netflix exclusive. Mm-hmm. So whatever economic action that they were taking did not last long. No. Um, and I just like there, there has to be a solution to the spread of misinformation, but like, I don't accept that it is a good faith argument that that is like divesting from media sources that are platforms for these kinds of people. Cause like the New York times is going to publish opinion columns by conservative lawmakers. Right. And I'm not going to unsubscribe from the New York times either. They're, they're a content producer, uh, uh, host. And I think that's really fundamentally different. Like the role of publisher is different from the role of like content creator. And that's where I think that I probably disagree with you guys. But well, now so, that I'm done, like break me to pieces. Well, well, I don't think it's breaking. I, I, I think we, we, we fall on similar lines, but I think the difference here versus someone else who's just on YouTube, just putting out a podcast, the fact that Spotify paid him $100 million to put this content oh, yeah. out. Yeah. So that's where yep. I would say like, Hey, Spotify, um, you should take a little responsibility. Like if Joe Rogan was just hosting his stuff on Spotify, that's one thing. But when Spotify yeah. actually sought him out to put him on the platform and are paying mm-hmm. him $100 million for this and then kind of being like, Oh, he can just say whatever he wants. Well, at this point, Joe Rogan is basically a paid employee of Spotify. He yes. is and, in and, essence sorry, a God. representative of the company and the viewership that they get through and they make him, a, they make Spotify a lot of money or he does mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. through. And, and Spotify has been ambivalent about that because like, if that was the solution to basically say like, Hey, like either restrict Joe Rogan or, or don't reach out to Joe Rogan. Like I can't really fault Spotify for leaving money on the table. Cause like clearly they're profiting from this deal. Otherwise yeah. they wouldn't spend a hundred million on oh, it. Oh yeah. So like, this is really interesting to me when, when the Joe Rogan show came to Spotify, people noticed that when they uploaded all the previous episodes, it did not contain the episodes where he interviewed Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, Gavin McInnes, or Chris Yella. Um, It also had like several other alt-right people that he had interviewed. Those episodes weren't available. You could not listen to them. Um, so it also didn't include uh, the episode of Michaela Peterson, who is uh, Jordan Peterson's daughter. Um, okay. You literally couldn't <laughs> listen to those episodes. However, but in a recent statement, um, Spotify uh, said in light of Joe Rogan bringing Alex Jones on a second time, that they made the decision not to remove the episode, saying that they weren't going to ban specific individuals from being guests on other people's shows as long as the show or episode complies with our content policies. So like they're kind of talking out of both sides of their mouths there in terms mm-hmm. of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I have a suspicion, right? Um, that since Spotify, those episodes get re- garner more more viewership. I guarantee. Oh yeah, yeah. But but I suspect like Spotify did release this last weekend that like hey certain stuff about COVID can't happen. And like I bet that what happened is knowing that he's a one hundred million dollar you know investment for them that they had a conversation on the telephone and said you got to stop doing this shit or else we're gonna like not air those episodes because they've now created for themselves a content policy that they could use to prevent the upload of an episode and I suspect that their strategy is going to be we're not going to take anything down but like know that we'll do this in the future. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I'll do a mea culpa first thing on the show. Well, I mean, also... I suspect that that's what they're going to do going forward. 
He just had uh, uh, Jordan Peterson on what two week a week ago, two weeks ago, where Something Jordan like that, yeah. Peterson was making the thing saying, "Well, there are no black people because you're not yeah. like actually yeah. black, like they color black. You're more brown than black. You're right. more brown." He goes, right. "He's like, I'm not white. I'm kind of like this this different hue." So like. Mm-hmm. That's rather racist to say that races don't exist. Well, and I, so yes. I don't, I don't, it's I don't, not just the COVID stuff. I'm like, Joe Rogan needs to have a disclaimer put on there being like, Hey, this is some pseudoscience racist bullshit. Well, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to get all corporate speak on you or anything, but maybe like, I would like to level set for just a moment. Like, because like in text messages, Taylor, you said, that you wanted to present uh, an opinion that you, that you thought was different from ours, but I don't even know if you know what my opinion of, of what should happen with Rogan is right. Like, because we've never really had a discussion. It it. would be different. Yeah. 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 Well, and so I'm, so I'm still not clear what you think my opinion is or what your opinion is about what should happen going forward or anything. Okay. Um, I, I figured that both of you would probably be more on the side of like, yeah, divest from Spotify, right? Like use, use economic force. Like, like many people on mass should unsubscribe. From oh, Spotify. I don't use Spotify to begin with. Okay. Well, even, <laughs> even if like you individually didn't, that, that like you would support like the use of lots of people unsubscribing from Spotify to act as a, a, um, uh, an economic lever to cause Spotify to change their policy and potentially like, kick Rogan off the show, right? Like if, if I were well, to say like, Oh, what does Taylor think that Dan and Ryan are going to want to do? I would probably <laughs> say that you guys would agree with that statement, right? Whereas I would disagree with that statement. I don't think it would be an effective use of like progressive resources well, and to I, try I, and I, rally that. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily. So, so my view is that Rogan is a, dumb motherfucker who who way too many other dumb motherfuckers listen to as if he's a smart person and then they treat every guest that he has on there as oh well this guy appeared on the joe rogan show so he's obviously really intelligent and smart and knows what the fuck he's talking about when really in most cases nothing could be further from the truth and Mm -hmm. so like i i don't i don't think that Rogan should be banned from all platforms forever for anything. I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused because some of the argument seems to be that you think that we would say that he should be deplatformed from everywhere or that he should be deplatformed from Spotify. But then you also said that you think that internet activism as, as far as all of this goes may not be mm-hmm. helpful, but from everything I've seen from all of the fallout mm-hmm. around this is that it has absolutely been fruitful in that Spotify has laid down what they said before mm-hmm. were, were murky or not very clear details and information about what they would allow on their platform. Rogan has come forward and said that he will try to do a better job about um, pushing back on some guests that he'll try to, present other guests that he'll try to be more balanced in his things mm-hmm. said that he didn't uh, that his, that his intent was never to promote or forward false information. Uh, we've had mm-hmm. a ton of people cancel Spotify. Spotify has lost more than $2 billion in valuation since yeah. all of this kicked off. Like they yeah. invested a hundred yeah. million in his show. And for that, they have lost 2 billion because they haven't done anything to rein in his misinformation campaigns. 
So I'm, I'm mm. not entirely sure what the argument is. I, I think that, um, well, for one, I think that they're going to bounce back that 2 billion pretty quick. You know, I, I, historically speaking, like Netflix saw similar losses around Chappelle, uh, you know, situation and then bounced back. Right. So, so I, I think that those inflections like need to be viewed as, as temporary things. Um, I absolutely think that like mass criticism campaigns against media that host uh, shitty media producers can be successful. Um, I guess, and I didn't do a good job of vocalizing this. I guess the thing that, that for me is frustrating is the, like the, the left wing circular firing squad. Um, I spent a lot of time in like extremely online spaces, um, you know, various Facebook groups, subreddits, that kind of thing where progressives who mean very well will start biting at each other for not immediately jumping on and saying, yeah, like here's, here's my, you know, email receipt of having unsubscribed to Spotify, you know? And so I see it as like kind of a purity test moment in the same way that I see the Spotify thing as a pure, or sorry, the Netflix thing as having been historically a purity test moment. And I think that these various, um, inward facing campaigns waste our energy, right? Like I, I think that at the end of the day, my solution is, is not that we should be spending our energy deplatforming a Joe Rogan. I think that we should spend our energy finding somebody who can get as many viewers as Joe Rogan, right? Like kind of the, the Carl Sagan, like fight, bad ideas with good ideas. Like why the fuck does the left not have like, like Ezra Klein will never get as many people watching him as Joe Rogan, but he should. Right. And like, mm -hmm. why the fuck aren't we doing that? Well, I guess I, is my frustration. Yeah. So, so a couple of things, I would say that the difference between Chappelle and Rogan is that Chappelle has, you know, Chappelle has had arguably, you know, his his most recent special for sure was was terrible like as far as attacking trans people and being problematic uh for most progressive views uh he's mentioned that in a few others but we're but even then we're talking about a max of what three four shows maybe total on netflix versus mm -hmm. rogan who's pumping yeah. out how many fucking shows does that guy do like every week three a week <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. No, right three so hours a um, piece so i mean that's that's a we're yeah. talking we're talking you know, orders of orders of magnitude yeah. different, right? In in the volume of content they're they're creating and providing for the gullible masses. The other thing too is that I I get your argument that we should be trying to find more people who can speak intelligently on these matters. The problem that we have though is that the American populace, by and large, are fucking morons, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you you look at the average intelligence of people. We we mentioned this offline uh, a couple of weeks ago in in our just kind of bullshitting that, you know, you, you look around at how fucking stupid people are by and large. And you have mm -hmm. to realize that the average intelligence of people, more than half of the population is below that. Right. And that, <laughs> that doesn't, right. that doesn't speak well <laughs> for our population and, and how intelligent we are and how discerning or careful we are at about choosing the media that we listen to and, and choose to accept and, and, provide us with a narrative for our lives moving forward. And so mm -hmm. yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think it would be fantastic to find more people who can produce 
valuable content that is intellectual that does try to raise the bar on um the rhetoric that's out there but the populace through (laughs) decades of underfunding our education system of keeping people in poverty of basically doing everything that the right can to keep people as stupid and complacent as pop as 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 possible Mm -hmm has been fucking fruitful, man. It's, it's worked. We're a yeah. stupid fucking nation full of stupid fucking people who listen to stupid fucking people talking about stupid fucking things. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I don't know how to fix that other than saying that we need to try to get everybody who's not a stupid fucking moron to go out and vote for people who aren't stupid fucking morons and will and will vote to increase budgets for everything across the board for education, who will try to uplift people who are in poverty and, and have no other avenues for learning a bunch of information than listening to fucking idiots like Joe Rogan. I know it's, it's, mm-hmm. I, I can, I can totally agree with your argument that, yeah, I don't think he should be deplatformed from everywhere, but I also don't think that Spotify should pay him a hundred million dollars to just say whatever the fuck he wants on their platform. Mm-hmm. They need guardrails in and, place. And, and I'm glad to see that they've, where, yeah, that and, they've and, finally and, laid some down. Yeah. To, to clarify my position, one, I, I would not say that my position is that he shouldn't be deplatformed everywhere. I just don't think that it's practical to deplatform him everywhere. Like in the same way that like we can say that we want to, you know, if we could tomorrow repeal the second amendment, I don't think that it's feasible to get every gun away from every American who mm. has a gun. Right. Because there are so many guns. Um, I think that Joe Rogan is at this point already so popular and already so wealthy that even if like tomorrow Spotify and Google and Apple were all to say like, nope, we're not going to host Joe Rogan anymore, that Joe Rogan would like start his own website and pay coders to make their own video codec. And he would just post his interviews on that website and people would go to it. Right. Yeah, sure. Like that's. I'm, and I get I'm all of that, but that we shouldn't try to deplatform him. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, and I, and I get all of that too. Uh, I think a large part of, of the discussion that we're missing though is also that we have this vague idea that Spotify has given Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars, but what are the terms of that contract? Is that a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. spread over a certain amount of years divided years. by years? Is that, that you yeah. just got a hundred million dollars up front and for every, you know, 10,000 new listeners that you bring to the platform, you get more money. If you don't, then we retract some of that. If you leave and go somewhere else, what are the things that we may, that may happen that would lead us to cancel the contract? Like we don't know any of those details. All we know know is that he was given a fuck ton of money to do a thing, but we don't know anything about the details of all of that. So Mm -hmm. we can talk about his contract and that he's hugely wealthy and that's all fine and good, but we don't really know the, the details of that to say, for these changes, this would be the outcome or, or expected outcome because mm-hmm. it would strip him of X amount of money. Like, we just don't know any of those details. Yeah. Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution. The menu, this is real. We're going to have the pasta. We're going to have the, the nut sauce. We're going to have succulent hot dogs. We know you love succulent hot dogs. You know, we're going to have plenty of blood, plenty of semen for you, and other delicious things on the menu. 
If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. I think that's where I kind of come in, where I'm going to disagree with Taylor finally. I think this has worked. Not necessarily to try to de-platform Joe Rogan, but it has made Spotify come on and say, well, we're going to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Is as little as the change is in putting small disclaimers on his COVID episodes. I think there needs to be a disclaimer on every episode that states that this is for entertainment purposes only. The views in this show are not based on science or anything. <laughs> it's, and it's just like your opinion, for man. Fun. Don't listen to this to have an intellectual <laughs> fucking debate. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think they're taking a step in putting disclaimers. Hopefully they're audio disclaimers and just not a little blurb of words inside the fucking show right. notes that nobody fucking that reads. That nobody ever sees. Well, it'd yeah. be great. Like, I mean, uh, even Facebook, you know, started putting out their their little preface on a bunch of different things. Like, if you're posting about COVID, it would be, you know, this information has been shown to be inaccurate and here's why through these fact checkers. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we've, the, all of the action around this recent furor around Joe Rogan's podcast has led to some positive steps in the right direction. So I think that mm-hmm. to say that internet activism around this is ineffective, I, I, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's demonstrably been shown to be otherwise. Like I said, in, you know, he's issued right. an apology and, and Spotify has put up some guardrails. I think they need to do better, but there has been some, mm-hmm. some act, some actions that have, that have come out of this. Mm-hmm. And hopefully more actions yeah, come out of it. And I do think it's it's it is Spotify being hit right in their fucking bank account, being like, "Oh shit." Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, even that's just it. These people probably didn't, don't even listen to Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is affecting our platform, mm-hmm. and we need to make a change. We need to know to, we need to recognize this, and we need to step up and be like, "Yeah, we pay him a shit ton of money to be here. We need to be better stewards of the content that he's providing." Yeah, and and you know, Joni Mitchell and Neil Young, you know. I'm sure a lot of people under the age of 30 don't have any fucking idea who they are and have, <laughs> you know, have probably heard some of their music, but have no conscious thought. Yeah. They have no conscious thought of it. They don't know who the fuck they are. They don't have, they don't know any of their contributions. And I've seen a bunch of really bad faith arguments about Neil Young about, Oh, well he used the word faggot to describe gay people a long time ago. And he's done these horrible things. Yeah, that was 40 fucking years ago, man. As if nobody can modify yeah. or change their yeah. views on anything over the course of four fucking right, decades. Right. You know, there, there yeah, are a lot Joe of Rogan said this shit last week. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are a lot of disingenuous <laughs> mm-hmm. arguments surrounding all of that. And I get that, you know, a lot of younger people may not know who Joni Mitchell and Neil Young and, and Niels Lofgren are, but these people, uh, you know, beyond the fact that a lot of younger people, in particular, people who listen to Joe Rogan's show, knowing that their average age is 24 years old, would have no idea who these people are. It did create a whole lot of fucking news around it that led to a lot of people canceling their memberships on Spotify, which led to Spotify issuing their statement about it, which led to Joe Rogan issuing his Mm -hmm. statement about it. I mean, there has been progress on it. I think there needs to be more. And I think saying Mm -hmm. that the, the activities and actions that have happened so far, well, you know, either haven't been fruitful or are pointless is wrong. Like demonstrably Mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess if I were to boil down my frustration to like, like one, maybe two simple sentences, right is that I don't think that those changes will be sustained. 
uh, right now I'm looking at the Joe Rogan experience on my Spotify app and I see that like he just did an episode uh, with Jordan Peterson. You know, a couple episodes before that were James Lindsay. Um, who's also a clown. You know, uh, who's also a clown. You know, the, yeah. the Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, and like, those are still up there. Like those, those will be the first few episodes somebody listens to if they want to start from the top. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I strongly suspect that like, give it a week and it won't be in the news anymore. Give it a month and Spotify stocks will have rebounded. And we as progressives will have spent this whole news cycle accomplishing basically nothing in terms of modifying behavior. Um, Instead of talking about something, you know, that personally, like, I think we could be spending our energy and our rage in more productive, more sustainable ways, or at a minimum, spending that same, you know, level of energy that we're currently spending on, hey, fuck this guy, get him off the platform instead saying, hey, fuck, yeah, this other guy, let's get him on this platform. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I understand that there is a place I'm the guy who a few episodes ago was talking about the difference between like diplomats and firebrands. Right. But like I, I tend to view the small and unsustained, very passionate, but very short, like extreme anger fests at content hosts as being unproductive generally, because I think that like their changes aren't sustained. Um, and I think that's my like, put a bow on it point is yeah. that like, no, I don't think the people are wrong to be mad with Spotify, but I don't think it's particularly useful. Yeah. And I, and I would disagree simply for the fact that Spotify has an exclusive contract with Rogan. And so the memberships mm-hmm. that they're losing from people closing out their Spotify accounts and canceling their memberships to Spotify, people who've never listened to an episode of Joe Rogan and probably never would, that have canceled their memberships with Spotify because of their association with Joe Rogan and then Spotify mm-hmm. putting up guardrails for it. That's absolutely fucking beneficial. That's absolutely beneficial. I don't, I don't think you can argue that it isn't. And, mm-hmm. and I don't th- I mean, sure their stock price may rebound, but this is all based on, you know, how everybody views the future of the company going forward. And so when they put up these guardrails mm-hmm. and say that we're going to try to do better and say that they're going to try to, you know, make sure that the content on their platform is better, that they're not spreading misinformation purely. The people who have canceled their memberships to Spotify and have found other sources where they can get, you know, all of the content that they were listening to before, they're not going to go back to Spotify unless, you know, I'm sure some of them will, but the vast majority of them who took the step of actually fucking canceling and actually going out and find another content provider where they can consume the media that they've been getting through Spotify, they're not going to go back to Spotify. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so, so it, it, I, I don't see what has gone on as anything other than a net good in the long run. And I don't disagree that it's a net good. Right. Like I definitely want to make sure that, that I say that. Right. But I just don't think that it was an efficient good. Right. Like I, I think that there is an, uh, I think that we could say that there's a quantitative waste of energy. Right. And when I mean energy, I mean like, like people only have so much time in the day that they're willing to be angry about something on social media before they go cook dinner. Right. (laughs) So I think that you could say that there's like a, a quantitative inefficiency in, in, 
being outraged for one news cycle about one thing at one company versus instead taking that outrage and like, I don't know, either, either propping up a better interviewer, somebody like Ezra Klein or, you know, making phone calls for a local candidate or some shit like that. Right. And I'm not going to split hairs on what those things are, but I just don't, you know, I, I personally don't view the, the outrage campaigns as being a particular efficient use of, of time. And I also think that in a more qualitative way that it contributes to the right wing view that left wing people are like histronic and just find things to get enraged about. Right. I don't like, know why I, I don't know why we care about what the people on the right say these days. Like fuck them. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're doing book burnings right now. <laughs> yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're. No, I, like, I mean, like, there, yes. there's a quote that I could issue that I could tell you about from this guy named Sart. <laughs> oh, I think I've heard that. <laughs> no, no, I'm before. with you. I'm with you. Um, so so it's a conversation we we have a um uh, a listener uh uh Miss Gray right um mm-hmm. S- Sylvia Cilia Gray um I've never actually said the the name out loud before. Um, I've only read it. And, and we were having a conversation last week about how, um, like, I don't think the left does a very good job at capturing like Joe Rogan's primary demographic, you know, 18 it's to 24 year demographic old men. Fucking morons. <laughs> they are, but like the, we can't leave like cards on the table, you know, is the way that I see it. Like, no, yeah. we don't need to play his game. No, we don't need to emulate the, th- the content he says, but like, we we should not abandon entire demographics to the right, I guess is my point. And I and and it is my I need to find a way to better articulate this, but in terms of marketing, in terms of propaganda, I think that the right has very successfully created the image of progressives as being histrionic. And they have made that image of the left as being histrionic. Uh um an effective tool and saying, come over here, you young men who want to be tough, you know? Yeah. It's and, their and rallying it recruitment tool. Yeah. Like yeah. somebody and, hurt and your feelings I'm, because you're a terrible fucking person. Well, come over here and we'll tell you that you're not a terrible person, even though you are. And I, mm-hmm. and I don't know what yeah, to do and, about and, that in the long run because they are terrible fucking people who are having their are terrible, terrible fucking, fucking people, views yes. validated. And I don't know how to break mm-hmm. them out of that. Yeah. But, but I do know that for like the 18 to 24 year old male demographic, if they're seeing their Facebook friends, right. And, and their, their liberal friend is saying, oh yeah, fuck Joe Rogan. And their conservative friend is saying, oh, you're just bitching and complaining and free speech, right. For an 18 to 24 year old young man, they're going to view that progressive person as being very uncool. Mm -hmm. And like, it's very hard to quantify uncool. (laughs) <laughs> but like, you know it when you see it mm-hmm. and we look uncool right now. And that's, that's not like the right answer. The goal is not to look cool unless you're trying to market to a really big demographic. And we should be like, that's my opinion. And, and this is something I've wrestled with for a while. We need to do a better job of capturing angry young men who are otherwise being captured by the right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether that's a tone thing, a content thing, if it's that we just need to bottle the same lightning that, that Joe Rogan does, but like, we're not doing a good job of it. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right that we're not doing a good job of it, but I don't know. I think, I think a lot of us, aside from not knowing what to do to try to capture the minds of fucking morons is why would we mm-hmm. want to capture their minds other than to make sure that they don't just breed more fucking morons. 
it's it's well, it's like because it's i was one like, of those morons right like yeah. in the way that i look oh, at i was it, too like when yeah. i was an 18 to 24 year old man i like if i had known joe rogan would existed at the time i would have been listening to his show oh me too and for like, sure yeah you know as they say but for the grace of god but really in my opinion but for like christopher <laughs> hitchens you know um there go i right and so like i don't know man it's it's I will be the first person to say, no, they're a bunch of fucking morons. Fuck the entire inner, like everything that doesn't touch a coast. Fuck it. As far as America's concerned, they're all <laughs> dumb mouth breathers. But like, unfortunately we can't do that. Like those right. young men are going to grow up to be eventual voters and we need to figure that out. I yeah. don't know what the answer to that is yet. Yeah. I don't well, either. Luckily Joe Rogan's telling them not to get vaccinated. So maybe they won't grow up at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, but the death rates aren't high enough. Like if this was Ebola, that would be different. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, and like, shit, man, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just know that we don't look cool. Right. There are, there are very few cool looking progressives. Like we've got Hollywood. That's great. But like, as soon as, as an actor talks about politics, the viewer shuts off. Well, I think and that's... Stay in your lane. Why cool. are you talking about politics? You're just supposed to be making movies that I like to watch and masturbate to. Do, do, do. I don't yeah. think we try to look cool. We're not like Joe Rogan hopped up on steroids with a machine gun. That's what makes us even more cool. cool. <laughs> the way to be cool is to not try to be cool, man. Which, which was one thing I when I was listening to and he's talking about, he's like, man, I'm on so many fucking steroids and pills and fucking smoking like... Mm -hmm. Like he injects all his other shit into his body, but vaccine bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm with you. It's stupid. It's dumb. Joe Rogan is a dumb person's idea of what a smart person is. Just uh -huh. like Donald Trump is a dumb person's idea of what a rich person is. Like yeah. I'm, I'm with you 100%, Which? but like there, there is a time period in, in young men's lives. And, and, and I really do think that it's like more every year, this gets worse and worse. Right. Where, mm. John Stewart has this great quote where he says, um, you know, when you lose privilege, right, when you're no longer ahead, uh, equality looks like discrimination, right? I butchered the fuck out of the quote, but his, his argument is like, yeah. like, if you're used to having privilege, equality makes it look like you're not getting out ahead, mm -hmm. right? And, and young men are facing a world where women are going to college more than them. Uh, women are finally capturing more of the, the workforce than them, right? If you're a white man, you're seeing more and more not white men uh, getting into roles. And all of those are good things. But if you are raised with this idea that all you have to do is show up and you'll get ahead, that is disheartening. It's yeah. bad that that's disheartening. We need to deprogram so that that doesn't look disheartening. The, but what it causes is for those young men to look for things like self-improvement, how to improve their self-esteem, how to work out, how to get women, how to be smarter. And so they end up doing brain pills and fucking <laughs> multivitamins and pickup artistry bullshit and steroids, right? Um, because there's a Joe Rogan who's saying, yeah, the world promised you the oyster and you're not getting it. And it's because of you're not like the right a black man. woman Supreme Court nominee, right? Well, and it's because oh, these yeah. people choose. If we the aren't doing something to capture those men. Well, yeah. And, and it's because these people choose the easier path, right? Like, you and I, Taylor, when we were younger, were fucking idiots for sure. I I was racist. I was sexist. I was homophobic. I was a fucking dumb ass motherfucker who 
I wouldn't want to be around. I wouldn't want to share the same fucking room with myself 20 years ago because I would have hated. Me. Oh yeah. But it's, it's because that was the easy path. Everybody I knew was doing mm -hmm. that. It was easy to fit into my social, my, my social peer group. Everybody all had very similar thoughts about all of these things. We all use the same stupid, easy arguments about things without much thought about any of it. It wasn't until I was exposed to other experiences and really like thought about things deeper myself that I was able to break out of a lot of that type of thing. But there's no way for us to make the path to being a better person easier than being a shitty person for these people. And I think that's the problem. Like there are mm -hmm. so many grifters out there mm -hmm. who are just willing to take a person's buck and turn them into a shitty fucking person that there's no way to easily combat that. There's no way to say, look, you can spend the same amount of time and effort to become a better person than what this person is telling you to do to be a quote unquote better person, right? Like they're telling you basic fucking things about how to live your life. Like clean your fucking room, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> right. And, mm -hmm. and you get dumb, easy path takers who are like, Oh, well, sure. I just need to listen to this fucking guy because he seems to have it all figured out until he slips into a fucking coma. That's all I need to do is listen right. to this guy. He's my new guru. There, there's no, mm -hmm. there's no, easy, quick, fast sell to make people a better person. Like you can't go up to a person and say, you can be a better person. You're just going to have to put in a lot more fucking effort. Well, no, this guy says mm -hmm. I don't need to do that. I can and, just and I clean guess... my fucking room and that'll make me a better person. Well, and like, and, and, and I see it as, as almost a, um, like a bait and switch, right? Like mm -hmm. I right now can, can go and write a book in a couple of weeks that says, make your bed. Right. Like yeah. make, make your bed, you know, get up early and make yourself a breakfast every day. Right. Uh, spend, spend 10 minutes contemplating and showing some gratitude to something right. Instead of prayer. Right. But I can come up with, with a 12 rules for a better life book and I can probably write that shit in two weeks. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but that those easy steps capture someone. And then they say, well, this Jordan Peterson sure is a smart guy. Let's see what else he has to say. <laughs> and that's where he fucking gets you. Right. Cause mm -hmm. like, like the, the 12 rules, whatever bullshit is, is, um, placid Common fucking fuck, sense. Right? Yeah. Yes. But, but that's the hook that gets you into like his deeper bullshit. Right. His and so women I belong guess in the part kitchen of my shit. question is, is mm -hmm. why isn't there a liberal, you know, Hey, Hey, Make your fucking bed. Oh, and also that woman isn't friend zoning you. Women just aren't sex machines where if you put niceness tokens, they put out, right? <laughs> like, you know, where oh, is our so person who's doing that same <laughs> no. like bait and switch, right? Why don't we have a, a Schmorden Jeterson, right? Who says, <laughs> yeah, make your bed and also make sure that you have equal opportunity in hiring. Like, you know, maybe that's what it needs to be. Maybe we do need to have like, like a little bit less highbrow stuff as our introductory content. I don't know. Like I'm literally spitballing here, but like, no, if it's yeah. that easy. Let's just do that thing. Let's make the, make your bed book. Yeah. Well, and, and, and don't it, be a shit bag. Well, yeah. And, and, and I guess I'm just saying that it, that it just really isn't that easy, especially when a lot of the things that are fed to them by bullshit artists like Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson is that, they should, you know, they are kings. They they should just be able to inherit and be entitled to whatever the fuck they want by by nature of birth. That they have mm -hmm. that they have 
been born the way they are and that's fine and they are free to be who they want to be and who the fuck is anybody to tell them that they're wrong about anything and all of these people who are clamoring for equality are really just trying to strip away what what is rightfully theirs so it's hard to get somebody Mm -hmm. to act in in opposite ways of of their own self-benefit right like you can't tell somebody oh Mm -hmm. it's better for equality in the long run and here's why when in today's society, everybody is much more interested in the quick, easy fix and the immediacy of the now. Like I want to, I want to make my life better now. I don't want to have to put in the hard work. I don't want to give somebody else a leg up. I want to do it myself. It's all about me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't take a, a long view of what is best for society as a whole. It's not only are we a nation of fucking morons, we're a nation of selfish fucking morons. And so there's no, yeah, there's yeah. no easy way to say, be a good person by making your bed and doing these other things and promoting other people ahead of yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. I, and, and that's like, that's, that's the core of my, my frustration with all of these things is like, it's, it's super easy for every single podcast and Twitter account to be like, yeah, fuck Joe Rogan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then what, you know, I guess that's, I guess that's my thing is like a persistent. Okay. Now what? And, and yeah, I don't know. Listener, if you have any suggestions, you know, for what's next, like I'm, I want to hear them Mm. Um, because I think there needs to be a, a, okay, then what? Like, so we deplatform Joe Rogan. Okay. Now what? Like, how do we get a show like Ezra Klein to be as interesting and entertaining to people as a show like uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Because it's not (laughs) like, like I've listened to Joe Rogan episodes. I've listened to the ones like with shitty people like Jordan Peterson. I've listened to the ones with like Neil deGrasse Tyson. There've been a lot of really good, like Ezra Klein episodes. The best ones are about on the level with Joe Rogan interviewing Neil deGrasse Tyson. Cause that's, Three hours of listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson is fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like, where and else I, are you going to get that much Neil deGrasse Tyson? Mm-hmm. And that's about the only time I'd listen so, to Joe Rogan when it, was, when it was someone I would want. Like, I wouldn't watch listen mm-hmm. to the whole show, but I'd be like, oh, I want to see the highlights from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, I don't yeah. give a fuck what Joe Rogan is saying. I want to hear Neil deGrasse Tyson. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear Neil deGrasse Tyson when he has exhausted whatever his current like talking points are. And he relaxes his shoulders and says, okay, here's what's on my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you get longer than like an hour interviewing a person and they run out of whatever material it is that they showed up to interview in the first place. And then they just start talking and like, that's interesting. Why don't we have a show on the left that does that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get that. And I like, I'm, I'm completely in agreement that we, should try to figure out something. I'm just at a loss as to what it is. And honestly, at this point in my life, I'm just kind of like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I've, I've, (laughs) I've almost, I've almost reached the point where I'm like, fascism is just going to be a fucking thing, man. And you know, that (laughs) I might have to eventually move out of this fucking country because it's just a bunch of idiots Mm -hmm. out there who are going to make things so fucking difficult for everybody until they just ultimately end up destroying mm-hmm. everything. And hopefully I'll just be somewhere else by the time that that happens. I'm just so kind of tired. Is, of it. You're saying the handle on your fuck it bucket broke. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just have outrage fatigue, 
right? Like, oh, like yeah. I spent four years waking up every morning, checking the the front page of Reddit politics to see what bullshit Trump did mm-hmm. to the point where it's like people get angry at like XYZ public figure who did a thing. And it's now taboo to like use that same platform of a thing for me. It's like, nah, man, fucking wake me up September before an election, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there are different emotions and, and the human like, endocrine system has a higher tolerance for different emotional states and we as humans can only handle being outraged so often for so long and I'm tired of waiting wasting outrage on like assholes who are going to be idiot assholes like there will always be a Joe Rogan and like I can get mad about the Joe Rogan or I can say no there's a fucking Joe Rogan he exists like like people were mad at Bill O'Reilly and Bill O'Reilly was a shithead and he was gone and we were like yay Bill O'Reilly is gone and Tucker Carlson filled his slot mm-hmm. right and it was worse like it, yeah and it was worse so like whatever outrage you know if the end result of that outrage was hey he'll be gone and Voldemort will be dead right like no there will just be a new one and so for me it's like okay What's the what's the disease that we're trying to cure? Because I feel like we're attacking the symptoms. Yeah, well, and, and that's just it. Is that like, again? It's just like it's easier. Like we we talk about being fatigued, about being outraged, and and putting in the hard work of trying to improve things. It's just so much easier to be a fucking monster, to shit on everybody yeah, it's else, to destroy and, than create. Yeah, 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 absolutely, and. I don't know what to do about that because the people who are fucking monsters and just want to burn everything down are winning because it's so much easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard to keep and, and people I, motivated. I wanna, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say as an aside listener, thank you for being patient with me. Like if you've gotten to this point, because like <laughs> it was hard for me to articulate where we've gotten to back when we started. Otherwise I would have started more with this, but like I needed this, crucible of Dan and Ryan arguing against me to get here. So thank you for sticking with us. If you've gotten to this point, cause I know I meandered <laughs> for a bit there. And also, <laughs> by the way, I watched the, inter- the uh, Eternals last week uh, and I might have a, a bad or in what an opinion that people might not share. I think Thanos was right. Mm. Ooh. We, okay, next week's discussion. <laughs> <laughs> next week's discussion. Uh, right. Dan, have you watched it yet? Yes, I did. And I was not impressed. Okay. Yeah, it was not a that, terrific that's fair. movie. Yeah. It's their second lowest grossing film adjusted for inflation. I think deservedly so. For sure. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was not, it was um, not great. I do think that it was a fantastic abortion allegory. And, and I think that maybe we should make that at least one of our segments next week. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's plan on it. We have uh, run well over the the time that we would normally allot for the episode. We we try to stick around an hour these days, and we've gone well past that. So we do need to wrap things up. I I apologize. You guys will have about 25 minutes. Oh, don't worry, Dan. I won't talk that much. Sorry. No, this has been great. It's it's been a fun discussion for sure. I, I... First, I love you both very, very much. Thank you for this. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, um, oh what? Oh, so I was just going to say you too. Like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> this has been great. Yeah, I, I love, I love having conversations like this. Uh, but we have run well past our time for the episode. I want to hear from our listeners more. Um, I, I want to hear your opinions on this kind of thing. Um, I have been entirely too busy to follow 
a lot of the discussions in our Facebook group and to be posting on social media and the Twitters and, and all of that kind of stuff. But I do love hearing from our listeners. I love when you guys send us emails. I love when you call and leave us voicemail messages. You can do that very easily by giving us a call at 33081-REBEL. And yeah, and if you call us on that line and leave a vet message, we will probably play it on the show and talk about whatever your question is. So just send us whatever questions you got, even if it's, how does Dan make his beard so fucking lovely? <laughs> uh, beard oil and uh, lots of grooming. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are many combs and steps involved. I don't do either of those things, and mine's a snarled <laughs> fucking mess. So Neat. Um, but thank you all very much for listening. Thank you guys for, for participating in this. Like I said, it was, it was a lot of fun. I like these kinds of conversations before we go though. I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they make the show possible for all of you to listen to. That would be two skeptical chaps, a noble spirit and big noble spirit and biggins, the smallest man, a perfectly cromulent (laughs) statement. I was nailing it, Taylor. I was nailing it. (laughs) Alan Firth. (laughs) All hail Peanut Butra. Darwin is coming. Doug Willoughby. Hot. (laughs) Hunter Grin. Is it just me or are these patrons amazing? They're definitely amazing. Oh, yeah. John McCullough. Pretty fucking cool. (laughs) Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Steven Andrus. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Good news, everyone. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Marvin Dracone. Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. Updog programmer. <laughs> uh, Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Still need to look that up, whatever that is. <laughs> That's got to be a reference to something. Uh, Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Socialized healthcare saved my life. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. James. And Mo Sislak and Groundskeeper Willie want you to please support the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Thank you all so very much. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. Then you get all kinds of fun stuff. Recently, we've had clips from the cutting room floor. We've had extended outtakes. We've had bonus episodes, all kinds of nifty stuff like that. And then you help pay for things that we need to keep the show going, like servers and hosting and equipment and all of that kind of stuff. So thank you all very, very much. That's it for me. I need to go back to work now. Oh, I'm going to 3D print some stuff. I'm going to get drunk and play video games. (laughs) (laughs) Am I the frozen one? You were for a second. Oh, okay. (laughs) Delightful. But it was kind of cool because you had crazy eyes going on too. (laughs) 